Hello, everyone. Welcome to another exciting episode of Deliberately Intentional. We have a very, very special guest in the studio today. This one is not like a regular guest for me. It's not all of my guests are special, but he in particular has been so instrumental to my life. There are so many experiences that I probably would never have had if not for him. So this, the topic of today's episode is intentional friendships. And my guest today is the one and only Bukola Olokwadi. Hello. Hello, viewers. Nice to be here. Um, he is the CEO of Nilayo Sports Management in Nigeria. It's an international-based company, Egmo, right? Yeah. I call him Egmont because he, he I, I should let him tell the story of how we met because he knows it better than I do. <laughs> you remember it. His memory is better than mine in that regard. Well, I mean, we met... Um, 90 something? 90 what? <laughs> 91, 92, 93. Okay. Um, yeah, 92. 92. The second year. Yes. Where were, yes. Um... um it was my second rodeo on the <laughs> university campus. I haven't been in a while to Osu, in Ogun State before. <laughs> I was just a chilled jambite who had garnered experiences from my A-levels from Okunpoli to uh, my rodeo at Ogun State University. And I just thought, let me play the big boy, jambite, and chill out. One day, Yosef and Timike, Ogunyaki were just like a Korean girls. We were discussing football and somewhere along the line, you actually walked up to us and it was organic. You literally just called us big brothers and decided that we're going to be family. That sounds just like me. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, then Akinka came on board. Um, it was good. Um, and basically, we built a relationship from there that transcended anybody's comprehension. Today, I make bold to say that from Akinka to Ibidowo is the chief operating officer of the Lion Sports Management to Titi Tadi. We hardly get to see or talk, but that was the huge family yeah. that we were able to create. And that for me went straight to. Um, what my grandfather used to say that it is not true blood that people get related and it is not true blood that people get loyalty. Absolutely. And loyalty can come from anyone. Our relationship has epitomized um, what my grandfather used to say that you can have a blood brother or sister even when the blood is not biologically linked. Absolutely. What he's modestly not saying is I was a train wreck then. <laughs> It was a train wreck. I am always all about vulnerability. I always say that the people people view who I am now and think that I've always been this way. But I was not always this way. And he saw me at my worst. I was an emotional wreck. <laughs> but, but, but to your credit. No, but you have to talk about that because a lot of people take they don't they don't acknowledge the fact that you have to go through certain things to actually come out of it. A struggle, not just for you, for all of us um, who had become um, biologically linked with you in emotional yeah. and um, even in the physical aspect of 
literally loving someone. It was um, always very tough. I remember a particular episode where Abby and I went to eat lunch. <laughs> and you ate without me and I went to <laughs> <laughs> I still have some, I don't, don't ask me where I got these attitudes from. If they ate Myself and Abby and I were literally having a jollof fries and Tessa. Uh, I wasn't paying, you know. Condo State University. And you walked in and all hell was let loose. And, uh, I used to have some temper tantrums back then. Maybe, maybe uh, to say to you, about oh, you, yes, yes, yes. Maybe could not finish his food anymore. He came to run away from his food. And I just started looking at you and I thought, I understand where you were coming from. We, we knew where you were coming from, and it was your way of actually telling us that if I show you so much love, why can't you show? And you That's know, crazy. You know, fine enough. I grew up with you, understanding that better even today, where um, you like to bring value into people's lives emotionally. And you do not demand value. You expect that people should know that life is about um, creating a quick book. Hmm. Where well, I give to you, you give to me back. Uh, but you also told me that you also taught me how to balance. Uh, <laughs> he taught me, number one, how to be more balanced, how to be more diplomatic, how not to take things so personal. I I remember you said, Yes. Oh, yes. He has taught me so much. Yes. Many times. And, and, and you know, this has made you a very strong woman. Um, Part of your struggle emotionally then on campus also taught me a lesson on how people must be um, barriers and pillars at the same time. Barriers in the sense that you create a platform where you protect Absolutely. people you care about mm -hmm. and uh, pillars where you also stand firm for people to lean on you. And it was tough to extend it. A lot of women I know today who are successful women were girls then who were very petty <laughs> in um, fighting you just for you being emotional and loving those you called your brothers. Um, I won't mention names. Um, we don't mention nobody's um, names. A lot of them are big women today. No and names. It's funny, it's funny that at times when I bump into one or two and I say to them, have you ever apologized to Remy for sort of things? <laughs> what a lot of bullies there. I got in your and you just reminded me. I had a lot of bullies. They did not understand my very uh, friendly personality. I was way ahead of my time because the friendliness that I was exuding then, people were like, oh, she must be sleeping with all of them. Absolutely. At one point, I was a virgin, and they said I was sleeping oh, yeah. with them. And I cried my so eyes out. Because your value system was actually high. Very high. Very high. I was a virgin, and they said I was sleeping with five people. And I'm like, I'm never going to... I remember crying to you. I said, I'm never going to get yes. a husband. And he's like, I read me, don't worry, they wait for it. It's crazy. Yes, yes, but so that that gave me the um, and I'm sure I speak for Dinkan um, maybe when I say that that prepared all of us without knowing that we we're going to have girl female children. True, but it prepared us um on how we were going to look after our uh, girls. girls. Yeah, because I remember many times also to Denike and Olamide, I'd be like, "Your auntie Remy <laughs> doesn't care." If um now I don't yes now I don't I will care. use the present tense mm -hmm. now go back to how you suffered 
uh, tremendously growing up, caring about what people said. I did. And I, I'm so proud that even my eight-year-old, Oluwatofumi, I'll say to her, who, who told you you need um, validation by anybody else? I know. You know I, I, I've made me so proud um, because of that attitude of saying, look, I look at the mirror, I know what I see, I know who I know. And I was able to gain my experiences of handling a female Federal girls from, from, from the way we were able to, you allowed us to manage us, allowed us to manage. So I remember an episode, Charlie, I'm sorry, I have to say this. <laughs> you can say I'm sure he's he's going to be looking forward to this episode. episode where a gentleman, I can't remember his name. Yinka. 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 Oh my God. They're so rest in peace. I know. Nero told me. Another topic. Came to Bangor one time. He wanted to take me out on a date and everybody was like, where are you going with that? Yeah. The but they gave them criteria. I said, yeah, it was high time you started, you know. High time you got found a guy to date. And we allowed him to take you out for dinner. Yes. He was meant to return you by 9 p.m. He came late and he was what? They were ready to... <laughs> Ready to go looking for you. Eleven p.m. on the dot when we didn't see you. There were no mobile phones. None back then. In the dark alleys of Adoikiti, they were looking for me. The men, the men decided to ride on the street. Um, for those who who knew how how strong we were as men, we were ready to go to war because I wasn't back on time. But as we were marching on the streets, blue for him. He came. (laughs) and he said, "Oh, I'm so sorry." I said, yeah, yes, we're going to look for you. And I remember him saying, I will never mess up with your sister. Whether I did eventually or not. Well, that's a whole other story. But I was proud of the fact that the fear factor that we were able to create um, for you, for our other female friends who were like sisters, is a fear factor that I also believe um, has helped us as parents. Become better parents. Yes, because when you have a female child, you want to be protective. As a man, the onus is on you to have all sort of strategies to protect that child. Absolutely. And we learn that from having this organic relationship with you. Yeah. Uh, Intentional friendships, to me, uh, when I think about it, I don't think any of us could have envisioned that our friendship from then would be what it is now that has now transcended our kids, our spouses. And we are even talking about that old age. (laughs) But 30 years ago, nobody could have thought of that. I feel like nowadays people don't put as much value in their friendships. What do you think? You're right to a certain extent. But it all goes back to um, value. Agreed. It goes back to um, the topic of today. Mm-hmm. Intentionally knowing what you want in a friendship. Agreed. Um, not sacrificing yourself joy mm. just because you want to be friends with someone. Absolutely. And since we started this interview, you'd have noticed that I've used the word organic. 
Because, <laughs> yeah, ours was a... It was a gunny cab. It's not like I had one pair of shoes back then. <laughs> one pair of shoes. I was not... This, none of this was any of... I think of all of us, I was the least dressed. I had no clothes. I didn't have... I was, again, as I said, a hot mess. What they saw... I started to ask you, like... What made you not discard? Because most people now, if you were to look at that nowadays, they would say, I can't be friends with this person. We don't belong to the same category. We don't belong to the same category. But for whatever reason, we were still able to create a friendship, even though we were not at the same level by any way or form. Your mom, uh, his mom is one of my five moms. She took me from the minute I came to your house. Mommy became my mom. It's like, we don't call ourselves friends again. I'm her daughter. We stopped calling each other friends. We're cousins, actually. But it's just it's easier to tell people that, okay, we are related because nobody could understand how... No time for that long explanation. And nobody had time to explain. And because, because, again, when people see us, the first thing they see is... No. I don't in here. I borrow a minute. That's it. That's what they see. So to have come back, that would diminish the value and the intention of the friendship that we've been able to create. Uh, you know, it's the same thing with the video way. I do not... Go as far as saying I met him. No, I said that's my that's family. That's my blood. That's my brother. Yep. And th- that is my ride and die. Mm-hmm. You know, um, rather than saying, "Oh, we met." It was yeah. It was <laughs> newspapers. We were doing our medicals. That's that's long. Oh, he's my brother. He's my blood. Um, and it's the same thing with you. And to the topic of today, if you look at the intention of that of this relationship. And the way it grew organically, oh, easily organically. <laughs> so when I left for England, and when you were coming to America, are you? It was you were was, instrumental with all of it. it you were part of it. It was. Who do it I was. Date? Who do I hmm. need to be with? Who? To the body job. Your uh, house was my haven. Right. Your house was my haven. I didn't want to go anywhere else. In fact, I got deported. That's how badly I wanted to be in his house. No, I came back with him one week. I came back because I was like, no, 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 no. The only place I felt safe was his house. They deported me. <laughs> Seriously, that's how safe you made me feel as a big brother. His wife made his uh his ex wife Donna was. I feel like there are just so many memories. There's so many things in my life that would not have yeah, happened. It was like that. You we know. were. Just like you are now. Yesterday as well. Everybody that's been in your life has been a part of my life. Everybody that's been in my life has been a part of your life. You know, something funny you mentioned a few days ago about how um, Tosi was running late. It was Tosi. Toy, was running late and was about to miss. Oh, I'm going to tell that story later. There's later on. I want to tell that one later. Let's leave okay. you don't tell that one now. Right. But no, let's go back to no, how organic, organic, no, to our right. organic uh, friendship. It's like, what was it about? What was that thing that made this problematic girl? What made you accept? What did you see? I know I was looking for friends. I was looking for people. Like, I was just looking for an escape. But what did you see? So, again, it, it, so I was born a natural leader. Agreed. And um, part of the things that have been inculcated into me, especially by my mother, because my father spoiled me silly. <laughs> you know that. You know? No, that's the first time you're telling me that. I, I was always rich in school. Where did I get money from? Come to me as you just said it that you were spoiled. I'm like, I was. Oh, I was very spoiled. I did not know that. I was that. taking cars out of the house when I was 13, 14. I was. We learn something new every day. And guess what? 
Those were things Brother Kanye could not try. That I tried. Never, never flogged me or smacked me one day. Are you serious? The truth is, he would say, Man, no, Eleni, I'm going to flog But never. He would open the door. He would, say, he would say, I'm going upstairs to bring the king. Come on now. He was in rocket science. Oh, it's silent. He was in rocket science. He wanted me to run. He wanted you to run, so you ran. And I, would, I always ran. And I always ran to my friend's place, the Otwa girls, where they would give us food and everything. And middle of the night, my mother would go look for her thing and bring me back into the house. <laughs> but, now, that's the story. Imagine, as long as I've known him, I've not heard this story before. <laughs> but, but mommy, on the other side, um, intentionally, we're talking about intentions, mm -hmm. intentionally felt I needed a, a, firm. a strong, yeah. firm hand um, to be a leader. Because she was a very successful businesswoman, from her cement business to her um, Nigerian beauty business to the Adira that is so popular today. My mom used to take thousands of Adira to Patakota, Indonesia. And I was, I was what? I was 13, 14. She would leave BC, Tokumbo, uh, and uh, Remy with, you. with me. I'll do the prepping for school, I'll cook. Get Remy to his nursery, busy and uh, boss will always speak to come off to school. Busy mm -hmm. always needs way to school. But that prepared me for leadership and that also prepared me not just for leadership on face value, leadership of complete love for my siblings. By the time I got to baptism high school in Abelkuta, I had school sons who just like I met you mm -hmm. organically became my boys in school. That I had to show leadership to, I had to mentor, mm. which is why mentorship has become so such a big job. Yeah. Um, which is one of the things I enjoyed the most in my life. So by the time I met you, Tinu, um, Titi, Titi, um, Bordery, <laughs> by the time I met you guys, do not forget I had spent about four years in the institution environment. Mm. So it wasn't my first rodeo. Agree. I don't left out of the state polytechnic for two years. I was for two years um, before I was asked to leave. I came to <laughs> and I came to um, Osua. So whilst you guys were genuine, we were new, green, freshmen for the people that didn't go to school in Nigeria, freshmen. Yeah, they were Javites, freshmen. <laughs> <laughs> and I saw the um, the Jampito attitude, freshness, <laughs> naive. Ignorant, we didn't know what the heck we were doing. The question that you kept asking without saying what you were without saying, without saying it was what should I do? What do I do <laughs> next? I, do I need I need guidance. Direction. I need guidance. For sure. And immediately the, the natural instinct of me uh, to being a mentor and a protector I kicked in and I thought I have to look after these girls. And that was why many times I remember one night um um, a fraternity had a flight behind Tinuke's uh, roof. <laughs> and um, I got to school early with you, and Tinuke was singing the song. And I said, You know what that song means. <laughs> and she said she couldn't sleep all night because she was scared. And I felt so guilty uh, knowing that I knew what was going on. <laughs> <laughs> I knew what had gone wrong, and I thought, Never again am I going to allow people go and do that to you guys. 
many, many things like that that showed that I needed to be a leader. I needed to be a big brother. And don't forget, I went to an all-male school. Yeah. So it was the first time I was having sisters outside of the other my sister. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I have half sisters. Of course. That was the first time I was having... That you got to pick, basically. Right. Like you got to pick your sister. Right. Right. And um, so I just felt at the time, look, give this a shot. And he grew. He grew to what it is today. No regrets. So many... Uh, important lessons have been learned along the way. So, so many gains. Hmm. Um, so many moments. So many lessons for me. I know a lot of people talk to me and say, oh, how impressed they are about so many things that I've done. But a lot of those lessons were learned from you. You were the first person in my life that had, at that point in time, that I was party to and I'd seen half kids. And so it's like, oh, it's like, my big brother has kids. It's like, these kids are my kids. Like, his kids were literally my first kids. Everything he did, I was like, I just sat there and watched it all. I watched everything you and Donna did with Nikki and Lami and Nikki, Lami and Ayo. And I'm like, I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I'm going to do that. I have, I, I can't, I don't think there's any other person. You know, everybody in my life, there's nobody else that I would have learned all of those lessons mm -hmm. from. So I wouldn't be the mom I am today without you. And without the 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 openness and the warmth that you've always had for me in your home, any home you've ever had was a home for me. And I'm sure, me being me, emotional me, I'm gonna get a little teary, but you won't know what that meant to me back then. What it still means to me today is I just. There's no other way to explain it. I wouldn't be who I am without you. Without you, I wouldn't have met the guy that... I wouldn't have got my... Where should I miss her from? I wouldn't have your mom as my mom. Now, we need to insert the video of... Marv, you need to insert the video of mommy here. The way she's singing here is how she has always sang to me whenever I came to her house, because I would always come with one cry or another, and she would just start singing, and it would just make me smile. Till today, she still does that. I no longer have reasons to cry, <laughs> but that's what she's always been. Just because you brought me into your home, it allowed me to see that... <laughs> it allowed me to see that... You know what, Remy, your house is not the only place that you can feel love and you can see warmth, that there are other people that are not related to you that will still love you and they will take you all your problems. Mommy would pray for me. She'd be like, Remy, oh, my dad. And so when she sees me happy now, she's like, people will tell you that you don't need friends. This bookie is is my the first one that is that close to me but he's the one that i want to bring forward to show to you that friendships are so so important yes people can screw you up but none of my friends have actually done anything negative to me they, my friends saved me i say it all the time that you guys literally saved me moments when i would want to give up all i would have to do if you would call me like you wouldn't sense what's wrong with you should <laughs> doing something you always had the best things to tell me that would cheer me up. And then you'd be like, okay, don't worry. You only have a year amount of days left. We're going to be back in school soon. Or do you want to come home? Mommy says you should, you should come. She's going to cook so, so, so for me. 
why you were there for me like that, I don't know, but you literally saved me. I stopped looking forward to going home. I look forward to going to your home, which became my home. Your mom became my mom. Your sister and your brothers became my extended family. And it allowed me to just leave everything I was going through behind and be like, you know what? The other people out there, they don't have to have everything, but they, you know, there's a spot for you. You can look beyond your house. Just because your house is not great doesn't mean that the world is not still good. You were part of the first set of people to let me see the world through another lens. And I've always said to you, every time I see you, I'm forever grateful for that. But it's, I want to say it on air. I've talked about you in many different um, forums. But with you here and with tears in my eyes, I have to say that I wouldn't be the woman I am without you. I would not have met my husband without you. I wouldn't be the mom I am without you. <laughs> I'm like, it's a lot. But all of that, <laughs> we, 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 I can associate to We give praises to God. We give praises to God. Again, all of that have been made possible because of who you are. Because um, you open yourself up for so many things. You wanted to be a, a good person in life. You wanted to um, succeed. You wanted to... And you have so much love in you. Can I understand how? Uh, just say I became selfish because I wanted all of those love from you, <laughs> and I refused to share. Um, because for those who do not know, Remy Fagbun is all about love. That's the truth. I've met so many women, so many women who said to me, "Oh, I saw Remy greeting you on Instagram. Why is she to you?" That woman, has, that woman has taught me so much. That woman has shown me love. And I've never met this woman and she has shown me love. So many. And at times I'm falling. He oh. does. In the middle of the night, I'll be like, and I always pick up because he knows me. He knows that it doesn't matter what time or day it is. I always pick up. So it's, it's because of the kind of person you are. You, you spoke about my mom and how your relationship with my mom has even become closer than even our own biological children. And what do I mean by that? I remember how mommy would drive all of us out of her room. When I came in. <laughs> and you say you should sleep in her bed. You were actually sleeping in mommy's bed. I did sleep in her bed. And she said, no, let my daughter sleep on you. And you'll be in her room. In the morning, Eating, talking. Just, yes, just all night. <laughs> and the money will come. She'll say, say such was the sort of Aura you carry it, and that you still carry it to I know I speak the minds of so many people whose path has crossed yours um, on how you lavish love on people. My daughter said to me last week, um, Denika, she said, Daddy, do you know I have a weekly session <laughs> with Nancy Redmond? <laughs> my daughter's come and, first. And, and I had to ask Nancy Redmond, why do you love me so much? Why can I not? So, but you see, she asked you that. She did ask me that question. Because the love you were show, you've shown to them for as many years that they've been alive has been very, very natural. So when you open yourself up for people to love you, you will be loved. Sure. And when you open yourself up for people to dislike you, you will be, you'll be disliked in your own case. I think it was my vulnerability. I don't think so. I don't think so. I think, I think again, 
just being open to say to being to not being ashamed. I was never ashamed. I carried my heart on the sleeve. I would tell you everything that was going on. But you on. also forget. Those forget that you became a mommy too early. Well, I agreed. I want mother's gift. Love. <laughs> Love everything. Everything. That, that, that actually, uh, for me, has influenced your being. Um, your, your ability to mother through the um, rigors okay. of um, the intense family system that you were in. And before we came into the studio, we were talking about um, how each family will face their own challenges okay. and how you must um, take the positives Absolutely. from that and just flush down the toilet and the negatives and move on with your life and create something very decent, something very interesting. And you have a great life today. And I'm happy I've seen you having a great life with Charles. Mm -hmm. uh, and of course, with your beautiful son, um, <laughs> Charles, who also um, has now become a young man that knows how to give love. Absolutely. Because he has been shown. He has a mother who has tutored him through life on how you must show love wherever you go to. Let me tell you something. Um, Bankole, my wife's cousin, and her brothers, and his brothers just developed a, an app called um, Easy Tipping. Okay. Which um, my wife and I will invest in. Okay. Um, easy Tipping, please. <laughs> Go to Apple Store and I'm using your phone. <laughs> but you know I'm talking about it. Why? I didn't go to finishing school. I was too taught. I was born in Shell Petroleum mm -hmm. in Worry. We were too taught on how to be gentlemen and, and how to have good table manners, how to address people. But one thing you lectured me on <laughs> that has become part of me today is how you must tip and how you must look after people. But let's just start when from you the that, I was a waitress because my first no, job. That came from love. Agreed from love, but it's also my experience because I would complain. I was waitressing and I would save up all of my tips to buy my ticket to come to London. And so the first thing they would like, so how have you been? What's happening? So we need to go back. When I first moved from Nigeria, if you're following the story from King Women, I moved from Nigeria and I was a bookie's house for about maybe 45 days. I wanted to stay there forever. They gave me a 30-day visa. I extended it. Don't ask me why, because I did. We didn't know the rules then. I just thought I could just flaunt the rules. I stayed for forty-five yeah, days. You're American. And we just thought come in and go. Apparently, no. So they gave me a thirty-day visa when I was leaving. They're like, "Uh, why did you overstay?" I gave one flip and answer. What did I know? I was like twenty-one. When I tried to come back, I know the answer you gave. What else did I say? Like you were coming back to meet your boyfriend. Wrong answer. Wrong answer. I like greeting on any better. I think I got to America and I was like, ah, this place is not working for me. I'm going to the airport, fighting immigration and telling them off and saying she has to come in. I went back a week or two later. I'm like, I'm going back to meet my big brother in London. They held me for how many days? Two days. I think I was in, what is that guy? You have to wait for the next flight. I was, I was in tears. This is me calling. And the thing about Bookie that I'm going to point out to you is like, I, no matter when I called, I'll be crying. Hey, Remy, I'm outside. I'm here. I'm there. And you are always there. I'll find somebody. I'll shake in the call. My worry. 
Yeah, but no, with all of that, I still got sent back. But every single, every, the job that came for me after that was waitressing. Yeah. And my waitressing job, Bookie was like, so how do you make any money? This is your hourly rate. Not, I said, it's the tips. When you show tips, yeah? this is how you're making your money. I said, yes. And then he would ask me how much I make because we would talk every day. And he was like, so how much do you make today? How much do you make here? Then he's like, ah, it's a fucking lossy restaurant. You say, I must make sure that I tip. Regularly, because yes. remembering yes. from me working as a waitress, I think all of us learned how to be better tippers. We after we realized Absolutely. that dude, this is what uh, this is where Remy makes our money. Manicure, pedicure. Because usually, because I mean, I've been doing my manicure, pedicure from when I was fifteen. Yeah, but nobody's remember. thinking about giving now, the money. I will go in, do my thing, and just pay in a bell cutter uh, at Sansi, the Sansi, and I will just pay and just leave. But it was when you inculcated that attribute into us and educated us on how to tip, I became a master tipper. <laughs> but you see, again, when you look at tipping, with the way you introduced it to us, it came from a place of love. It came from a place of protection. It, it came from a place... It came from understanding and seeing what your sister is going through. Yes, yes. And how those, those tips made a difference. It doesn't mean, for those watching and listening, it doesn't mean she can be, she can be tough. It doesn't mean she's not, she's, she's like, <laughs> you know, Remy, she can be tough. Remy, Remy, Remy was the one, is the one who will say, Madam, he's married. Move away from here. <laughs> and, and potential, potential girlfriends would always say, That's your sister. No, which of his sister? Ouch. What? No, what do you I mean, we have so many experiences between us. There's so many, just like you said about the tipping, there's so many things. I always say that there are things that happened with you raising the girls that I learned from. I learned how to take kids to the park and how they needed that separate time from you. That's not a Nigerian thing at all. We did, did I even say a park? I don't even think I ever saw a park growing up. But every time I would save up my tipping earnings, I would buy a ticket, I'd go and meet Bookie, and then that was the first thing I did was I drop my bag. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But the first thing I wanted to do was to take the girls to the Remy park. Remy shops for everybody. I always shop, right? See, this is the thing. Everybody. All the things with me were organic. I didn't know I would turn that into a profession. How many people are shopping for? I'm richer than you. But I don't shop for people like that. Why are you shopping for your fault? That was my way of giving back. What your bookie doesn't realize is that my love that I was giving then, that was it. I didn't have money to give anyone. So all I could give you was was me. So I would cook. I would take care of everyone. I wanted people to understand that I didn't have money, but I had me. So I'll always be there for you. I can always show you all the love I have. I can, you know, sit down and talk to you. I'll make food. I would support whatever you're doing because I didn't have any money to you. So the minute I had small money, I was thinking of, oh, this person needs this. This person needs that. Who knew that that would be a profession? Because that's what turned into a profession was me. And then I knew Titi's style was different from Tola's style. And then Maureen's style was different from this person's style. And so I started with my friends. One of the many things that people don't know is that when I first started personal styling, it started from my roommates. Titi and Tola would never, they were paying for for our room. My only thing that I could contribute to the room was like, okay, no, you can't go out like that. Nope, you'd have to change that outfit. I'm going to put that with this. This is how you should go. So I was their stylist. Mm. And I took care of our room. It was my pride and joy to do. Like, they could not just go outside looking anyhow. Who knew that that would turn into a profession? No. 
Yeah, there you go. <laughs> Who knew? There you go. So when your intentions are real. There we were. I just wanted to make sure they looked good. I mean, they had the clothes. I'm like, okay, no, no, no. I don't you know, know what it is that intentions can be monetized. Yes. When, yes. when, 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 when they are good. When they're good. Okay. Um, look, every time as part of the things that you also have brought into my own life, anybody that knows me very well knows that it's become a synchronous. Once every year, I come to Times Square <laughs> for a week. We used to have that. You used to come to my place. Right. We used to come to my place. You used to the apartment. Like six of us. He would bring him and I don't know how we slept. But and I had a full size futon. <laughs> we saw my niche. Everybody was there. It was all love. Those people on the floor. Pot, of food. And a big pot of food. And that was it. But my point is, these are all those intentional memories that we created. You know, first view viewing of Mariah Carey was with me. We're at some place. IHOP used to be our spot. Envy was a problem. I, I was I was dancing with my. But the point is, we have so many memories, and that's what has built this friendship. We may not get to see more than once a year now, but every time we see, we talk regularly. But every time we see, it is catching up on everything that is happening between. And also, and also, so uh, my daughters would always try to bring me up to date on urban life, <laughs> up to date on. Are you have to respect uh, people's sexuality? Are you have to respect people's? And I, I, I remember saying to Denika and Olamide that I've never been homophobic. I've never had anything. That was my first gay friend. I remember friend. And I told them the story of how you take me to the village. To the village. I didn't to the gay parade once. Did we not go to gay parade? Yes, but yes. We ourselves. <laughs> that's, that's, that's the thing I wanted to tell. And how, and how, I don't know you say this, and how one day you go shopping, and this gay guy was hitting her. No, but he was going, and it was it of me. That was me. You will not you I don't love you. Was always followed you guys into the dressing room. He's gay. He was always I said, and I said, can I be gay so that I can go? <laughs> no, but, but the seriousness of what I'm saying is that New York as you know, Remy as a resident of New York, um impacted you. Exposed me mm -hmm. to globalization. Yeah. And prepared me quickly on how the future of business was about was gonna be. understanding that we live uh, in a global village. And there was nothing like internet, well, there was internet. But not, was, not, not as what it is today. And, we, and since 1998, 99, I found myself coming to New York once every, every year. year. Mm -hmm. Maybe twice. Um, like this year is going to be twice. Me already. And I know I have, <laughs> to, go before. I have to go back during the summer. summer. But what that has done in terms of impact is that it has shown me that the friendship again can come in different forms. Absolutely. Um, the, the, the love you showed us in our studio, <laughs> such an Albany, yeah. um, has now transcended beyond 
all of that. All of that. And so today when I sit down and see myself in Times Square in one of the best hotels, and I come to you in New Jersey in beautiful homes that you've lived in, the memories. Oh, those are priceless. Are priceless. Mm -hmm. The memories that I sit back and say. Damn. They're part of our history. Right. Part of we, our history. We have grown beyond comprehension. Yeah, yeah. What God has done is... Um, Beat for us. Absolutely. Using this intentional friendship. Absolutely. To broaden our, our horizons. Yeah, absolutely. You know, beyond what we thought it was going to be. Absolutely. There's so many things that I, I said you've talked about your exposure to things with me, but I also talk about everything that you taught me. Bookie was the one that taught me how to be savvy with men. <laughs> like, hey. You have to know what you're doing. You need to have... But there's also a part there, and I have to also say this as well. Bookie was the first person to pull... pull he would also be the one to pull me up, like, you know what? When we were having issues in my marriage, he was the first to tell me that, you know that I'm actually surprised that things went this way. And I'm like, what did I do? What was what was so wrong with me? What was so wrong with me? I'm like, it's a hard pill to swallow. Imagine somebody, you're somebody you feel like is up here telling you that, ah, mommy, also... <laughs> But literally, you need that. I don't want friends that are just going to tell me what they think I want to hear. I want friends, and I've always been grateful that I've had that in you, and I know you have that with me too. I don't ever lie to you. I've never had to lie. Everything, who I am, finish. You have seen all of it. But you would always tell me when I effed up. And you would also then tell me, like, so what do you want to do to fix it? <laughs> like, so you we, never left me. We've always looked at the problems. Yes, we always address the problems. We've always invited each other on the problem. Absolutely. But we've always also immediately found a solution. solution. Absolutely. And before we came into the studio, I, I, give, I, give, you, I give you some child's um, props on how you've optimized sacrifice in marriage. Yeah. I remember July 2011. I flew in. You literally. I called him. I called him when we were in the midst of a crisis, and I'm like, he was—he's always the person I run to first, always. <laughs> so, and he flew I, down. I remember how delicate that was. So when I see your videos and your write-ups on Instagram talking about marriage and where you are today with Charles, I tell people quickly that facts. These are not. Um, Creations. These are not things that are put in the public um, yeah, space. Yeah, we really went through it. Now, whatever you see her writing or whatever she's telling you, she lived. She lived. <laughs> she lived. And for me, July 2011, and the day your Charles sat down with me and decided that forward is where we're going with a marriage was. Um, the period I knew that these people might make it. <laughs> that, make no, it. these people will definitely make it. Twenty years that road. I still remember how you and Charles met. That, you were there. He was. We were together. He was basically making fun of me at the airport. Charles, it's beautiful white and white linen. And yeah, I used to be that oversized linen. He was all showing his true. Walked into the plane and, and said, 
and you make fun of me saying that. You make fun of me like, oh, like fine boy, you that you like fine boy. You know you toasted child. I did. I stepped for him. I don't. I know. I'm sorry about that. I I shot my shot as they say it these days. Dedicate was your was because I was playing with him. Guess what? He likes me. He likes. No, they were making Google eyes. I'm like, who do you know here? And so when he came back, I was like, ah, but go how far? Do you know this guy? And you're like, uh, uh-uh, you too like fine boy. What's your? And I said, eh, hey, what's the story? <laughs> but the point is that, yeah, I, I still bring all that back but to what you. What you didn't realize was that you had met Charles. I didn't remember that until your wife told me that, until Donna told me. Donna oh, said no. that I had met him we had a small many years yes. before. So that means that, again, but it still comes back to you. I was I met him the first time years before. I met him the second time through you. If I wasn't in Nigeria, I wasn't ready to go to Nigeria then. You were the one. Donna yes. actually insisted that the only way she would let her daughter go to Nigeria <laughs> is if I was there. Correct. And that was how close we were. She was like, the only other person I trust with my child is after her dad with me because I was just so taken and in love with all of them. But the point is, all of these things regarding our friendship is what has made our bond so tight. I can't look at my husband and think of our beginning and not remember you. We not remember Nike. I not remember even me leaving Nigeria. I can't associate that with anybody else. You are the one that gave the tickets. We didn't have electronic tickets then. So it was a physical hard ticket that he gave to a woman who was carrying a baby in a red sweater. I remember it so clearly. So here I am at the airport, not sure whether I was going to travel or not. And it's like, I'm just looking for a woman with a red sweater. I might be traveling. I might not be traveling. He might be a certainty. He's like, he said he sent it, but there was no cell phone back then. So I would have yeah. to run to a pay... How many pay phones are working in uh, Murital Mohammed Airport at that point in time? So just... to I... But the point is, I'm at the airport waiting to see whether I'm going to travel or not travel. All of that is still coming back to you. you. Friendship is not what you people are thinking of it now. And of course, there's no way to know that you and your friend are going to have this kind of history. But even if you don't know, all you can do is put your best foot forward in all you do. And every single step of the way, you've always done that for me. And I know that I've always loved doing that for you. Always the one person I knew that, yes, am I now he's so busy. You don't understand that he's a very busy man. But if I just finding him and telling him I need to have a conversation with him was all we needed to do because he would the, the sleep would clear from his eye and be like, okay, Kinikoto need what's going on? Are you okay? That's it. And we've always had that. So with in regards to our intentional friendships, what's the what's the one thing that you would like to leave everyone with in regards to how they should build on their friendship? Because a lot of people think that friendships are not good, whereas I've only had the best of experiences with all of mine. What would you advise people in regards to in being intentional in regarding their friendships? Sincerity of purpose. Sincerity of purpose just um you must understand that value on a table is best served when it comes from both ends. Agreed. Um, in our own case, it was you wanting to be loved and you wanting to give love. Absolutely. It was I, A, B, Akinka. Titi, wanting to also be loved connection and in my own case wanting to lead, lead big brother lead um 
and to lead. Yeah, I think we all had different roles that we played. Yes, uh, but ultimately, I want to thank you for all you've done for womanhood. I want to thank you for what all you've done for my children. Um, I know Adenike and Olamide do appreciate you. Um, and I love them dearly. I know Ayo loves you too. I, do too. I know. And I know tough for me. Uh, you've not had the time to <laughs> actually spend quality time and impact on her. It's coming. She's an American like you. One day we just she is coming. In New Jersey. <laughs> but for what you've done through your various um, platforms for humanity and for womanhood, I want to thank you. I, I want to advise that um, you keep doing what you do best because one of the things that has become the bane for us as a country in Nigeria is the lack of mentorship mm. for young people. You have become a great mentor. I, I know they call them influencers today, but I refuse to tell you. And you, are, you are an influencer, but I refuse to just reduce you to that. You are a great mind with Thank a great you. mentorship skill, um, with genuine love, permeating the air wherever you like, you choose to uh, mentor. And I just want to leave with you to continue. Well. Life, they say, is too short, but for us, we'll live long. Amen. Continue to impact positively in the lives of people. And I hope that this is your new platform will go a long way in helping not just women alone, but also men, because we also need to understand that to deliberately, intentionally create friendship um, comes from um, a place of love. Absolutely. And I wish everybody a very happy New Year, a very happy 2024. <laughs> uh, I've started my New York. See you soon in Nigeria. <laughs> Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Deliberately Intentional. I'm going to leave you with this final thought. Your friendships are a decision that you have to intentionally make. Every chance meeting you have with someone, there's no way you're going to know who or what that person is going to be to you or how that relationship is going to pan out. But the only thing that you have to do is put your best forward and at least try. If we hadn't tried, if we hadn't started our friendship, we wouldn't be 30 plus years into it at this point. So we had to try. So you have to try too. Don't let fear hold you back because you just don't know. You never know. I am grateful for my guest, Mr. Bukola Olokwade. Grateful for my producer, Marv. Thank you, as always. And I'm also grateful for all of you for tuning in. Thank you again, and tune in to another episode every Wednesday on Spotify, Apple, and YouTube. Thanks, everyone. <laughs> <laughs>